anyway, I wanted to say thank you to Andy as he, uh, as he brought us into uh, Forget-Me-Nots, and I appreciated the message. I was online. I jumped online and was live with you, and uh, it was great to be able to uh, interact that way as a church. Uh, so a few things for us to be aware of. First of all is out in the foyer, um, we have a, a, a bottle drive, bottle for hope campaign. It's for our center in town that has started for our, our, our pregnancy center. And if you would like to support them, uh, you can grab an envelope. And the idea is to, uh, for the, from now until Father's Day to save some money and put some money in there and then give that to them and that will help support what they are doing there in our community. And I think it's a very important part of what happens in our community here as they talk with, uh, with mothers and uh, life that is there and caring for the mother and caring for the ch child. So if that's something that stirs you, then I would encourage you to be part of that. Secondly, uh, for you to be aware of, there are four of us that are heading to our conference, our uh, denominational conference that is happening at the end of the month. And uh, this happens every year, but this year is a little bit more significant as uh, we'll be going and we'll be talking about uh, the aspect of marriage, the aspect of what does, what does that look like, what is that definition, and affirming what we believe as a church and what we hold to here. And so there's been some challenge within our denomination to redefine that of what marriage is. And, um, and we hold to here as a church that we believe it's with a, between a husband and wife, and we affirm that. And so that'll be happening. There'll be four of us uh, going. So, so Alana and I, and Byron and Elder, and also uh, Ralph. And we'll be going to represent our church and where we stand on that. So just so you know, if you have any, want any more information, we do have something that went out on a Friday email, and that'll give you more information as well. You can come and talk to me afterwards, and I'll be happy to talk to you more about that. And then last, there's the three things. Uh, please take note of what happens here in the church. We have a, we have a baptism coming up, so we, if you want to be baptized, uh, come and talk to me, and we would uh, arrange that for you. We also have our family uh, experience, is that right? Yes. FX. And uh, so there's uh, games nights that's happening. We also have a ladies Bible study that's happening. So check us out online and, and have that information that is there for you. So we won't want you to miss out on anything. So this morning is, uh, it's Mother's Day. And with that, I would like to say happy Mother's Day to you. I already reached out to my mom and told her all kinds of good and wonderful things. Um, today, I'm going to talk about my mom. If she knew that, um, I, probably the last point that I want to make will probably be something that she would say to me today. So don't tell my mother that I'm talking about her today, okay? That'll be good. And I know that Mother's Day is always kind of a mixed emotion, can be. Uh, for some of you who sit here today, uh, it is like, yes, my kids, my adult sons remember to say Happy Mother's Day to me. Uh, <laughs> anybody get that yet today? Uh, a few hands, wow. Um, it's something about us guys, we just kind of forget that. I don't know what it is, but uh, yeah. And then, you know, for others, you sit here and uh, maybe as a mother, it hasn't been a good experience. Um, maybe as a child, it hasn't been a good experience. 
maybe as you sit here, um, you haven't been able to have children. Um, all kinds of things are mixed in with Mother's Day, isn't it? And uh, with that, though, there's still an opportunity for us to honor, to celebrate, and to remember uh, God's provision in our lives as a mother. And I thank the Lord for my mother and all that she has been to me. Uh, growing up as a kid, for me, it wasn't easy. I struggled in school, but it was my mother who, who recognized why I was struggling in the school. And she went, and she went to the school, and she says, listen, my son has a problem. And they go, yeah, we know that. Uh, no, no, my son really has a problem with his education, and he's struggling, and this is what I think it is. And they said, oh, no, 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 he's just slow. He'll catch up. I've been trying to catch up all my life. And, uh, <laughs> and it, was, uh, it was later on when, when finally in that, she became so frustrated, my parents became so, so frustrated with trying to get me help that they literally moved our family, they moved our family to another school um, my dad changed jobs. We sold our house. They bought another house, and they moved uh, about 800 miles away so that I could get some help in my education, and I'd get some help with being dyslexic, being a person who's, who's dyslexic. And I can tell you that my mom spent copious amount of hours with flashcards. I don't know how many hours she spent with me with flashcards, holding up flashcard after flashcard after flashcard, reading to me or or helping me to read. And I'm one of those guys that uh, I would, I, she would help me with the word saw, and uh, it would come up, you know, see, saw, run, see, saw, run. And I would not even remember the word saw. And she'd have to tell me again and again. I don't know how long it took me to read one book, but a very long time. My mom showed me a lot of patience and a lot of love. And uh, she's helped me to be where I am today, giving me all kinds of confidence. You can do this. You're not dumb. You're not stupid. Uh, just because you didn't do well in that test doesn't mean that you're not a smart person. And, and, and so she has helped me. So all that to say is my mom did teach me a few things along the way. And I want to I share with you. There we go. Oh, here we go. I want to share with you some of the life lessons that I learned from my mother. And uh, the first one... All of these actually, they started when I was quite young, and she would repeat them as I continued to grow as a kid. And the first one came when I was, I was young, around four years old, and I came up with a brilliant idea with my neighbor that we were going to take these, these pieces of, of aluminum molding, they were about this long, and they were probably off of a window or something, and we were going to throw them as spears or javelins. Uh, which was not a problem until I came up with the brilliant idea that we should throw them at each other. <laughs> and so we're tossing them and we're dodging and we're you know, looking around the building and uh, the inevitable happens. It happens. And that is, is, that, is that one of those projectiles hits someone and it happened to be that it hit me. And it hit me right here. I appreciate the fact that when you get older, you get wrinkles, and you no longer can see your scars and your stupidity, and uh, so now it just looks like a little wrinkle there, but it hit me. I was bleeding. I came in. My mom looked at me, and she says, what happened to you? And I explained to her that this little javelin hit me here, and she looked at me, and she said this to me, her first saying, and she said, what were you thinking? Now, as a four-year-old, what are you supposed to say? 
Well, I was thinking that we're going to have some fun. We're going to throw these things at each other. And I thought it was going to be a fun idea. I never thought that it was going to hit us. Instead, I just kind of looked at her and I just kind of shrugged. <laughs> but I learned a lesson from that. Because there were many times in my life my mother would look at me and say, what were you thinking? My life lesson that I learned from this is to slow down and wait on the Lord. Slow down and wait on the Lord. Because if I got older, I don't, I don't have my mom asking me, what, are you, what were you thinking? Maybe Raina once in a while will ask me, what are you thinking? But there are many times that I hear those words echoed in my head, and it is the question I ask myself, what was I thinking? In a world in which you know that it is fast-paced, it is ongoing, it is, it is go, 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 it is hard to wait on the Lord. But waiting on the Lord, I believe, is stopping, and really it's catching up with God. I don't think we can ever get ahead of God. We, we might say that, well, we got ahead of God. I don't think you can ever get ahead of God. I think that you can be behind him, and I think you can deviate from where he is, but there are times I need to stop and catch up with him. I need to wait on him. I need to slow down and know that he is God. And it's not always easy. And I know that when I don't, I will often ask myself the question, what was I thinking? And that's never a good place to be. It often does result in some scars. And the older you get, it's no longer scars on your forehead. It's scars in your heart, or it's scars in your emotion, or it's scars in what you inflict upon other people. Where God wants us to be is with him. And so I try to slow down and to say, God, what are you thinking? And then I won't be at a place where I'm wondering, what was I thinking? Well, there's, a, there's another saying that my mother would say to me. And that is that if you don't get that look off your face, it's going to stick there permanently. <laughs> and I am sure that my mom had wanted me to do something or she said something or I didn't like what she was saying and I had a, I had a pout on, I had some type of a face on and she would say, if you don't get that look off your face, it's going to stick there permanently. And again, as a four or five-year-old, you kind of go, what? And you jump up on the counter in the mirror and you look and you try to reproduce that face going, oh, I don't think I want that to stick. <laughs> That's not a good one. What, am I, what is my life lesson? Is that don't hold on to offenses. They do stick. I have been doing this pastoring for over 30 years. I have hurt and I have offended people along the way. Not something I'm proud of, but I'm human and it happens. I've also been hurt and offended along the way. And I've learned that it's important that we don't keep offenses. What does it look like? It says that love keeps no record of wrongs. Sometimes that's hard to do, isn't it? If you're married, <laughs> that's hard to do sometimes. It is. But 
If we don't, if we keep record of wrongs, they stick to us. They begin to shape and mold us in a way that's not good. We become not a person that people like to be around. They stick. They go somewhere. They don't go nowhere. They go somewhere. And we need to learn how to forgive. We're told to forgive as God forgave us. Wow, that's a tall order. I mean, what does that look like? Well, for God so loved the world that he gave his only one son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I mean, that's a tall order of love. He loved us before we loved him. He loved us while we were yet sinners. We were sinners. He still loved us. Amazing. And those words, I think, are easy to say when maybe somebody's offended me because I, they cut me off when I'm driving. That happens. I get offended. Of course, when I cut somebody off, I think, come on, give me a break. What about when somebody has really hurt us? Some of you sit here today and you've been emotionally, you've been mentally, you've been physically, you've been sexually abused. Some of you have been cheated on. You've been lied about. How do we live this out? So when I say that we should not hold on to offenses, I, I, I recognize there are some offenses in our, that happen to us that are not easy for us to walk through. But I come back that if I don't get that out of my life, it's going to stick there permanently. And I would say to you that if you have found yourself in that spot, seek out help. Seek help. There's something about exposing something into the light and getting help. It, it, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not easy. But there's freedom for you. And I know there's freedom because I have walked with people who have walked in freedom from these hurts of the past. Because that's what Jesus does. He's, came, he's come to heal the brokenhearted and the wounded. So don't allow them, don't let them stick on you. Well, my mom also had another saying. It was this, wait till your father gets home. I'm sure you moms have never said that. <laughs> and it was really bad I, when my mother would look at me, she'd say, Scott, Bruce, Hemingway, wait till your mother gets home. And there'd be a shiver that would go up inside of me. Oh my goodness. Because I knew that when my dad got home, I mean, it was bad with my mom. And my mom, she held me to account. But when my dad got home, I really got held to account. And that's my third lesson is, is that I am accountable for my actions. I'm accountable for my actions. Every, everything I do, I'm accountable for. I love Psalm 139. It's a beautiful psalm, and, and I, have, I have shared that with many people over the years to talk about their identity, that look who you are in Psalm 139. I mean, you were, you were fearfully and wonderfully made inside your mother's womb. God knitted you together. He formed you. 
He knows you full well, it says in Psalm 139. Isn't that beautiful? His thoughts of you, he says, outnumber, outnumber the sand on the seashore. So today, if you go out for a walk with your mom or you go to the seashore, you reach down and grab some sand and look and go, wow, God's try to count how many pebbles of sand there is there. It's unbelievable that God's thoughts of you outnumber the sand on the seashore. I mean, that's amazing, God's thoughts of you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. But what I what I Look at this is what takes place at the beginning of this psalm, at the end of this psalm. At the beginning of it, he says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and you have known me. And then he goes on to talk about how well God knows you. He knows when you get up and when you lay down. He knows the very words you're going to speak before they even come out of your mouth. I mean, that's pretty good. So he says, he says, I know you search me. I know you know me. And then he comes to the end and he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievances, grievous ways in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. What is he saying there? He's saying this. He says, God, you know me, now show me. You know me, so now show me to myself. What, he, what, he, what the psalmist is saying is, keep me accountable, God, for my own actions. We're, we're told that the, the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know the heart? Well, God knows the heart. And he's the one that can sort it out. I don't fear God. I don't fear God that, that, that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, he's going to zap me. But I do know that my actions are not hidden. God knows everything I do. Maybe not everybody else knows everything I do. Not everybody knows all the thoughts that go on in here. That's probably a good thing. But God knows every thought, every intention. And I need to say, God, search me and know me. That makes healthy relationship. That makes me healthy. And that is good. Well, my mom also had one more saying. And she would probably say this today if she knew that I was talking to her, about her. And she would say this to me. I brought you into this world I can take you out. <laughs> oh, man. There's a few things, there's probably a few times that she probably should have taken me out. And you know, the older I get, and I got to be a teenager, and I had a little bit of that teenage attitude on me, right? And I'd be a little cheeky, and she'd say to me, I brought you into this world, I can take you out. You know what she taught me, though? She taught me this. The future is unknown. It really is. The future is unknown. I love to plan. I like to have a five-year plan, three-year plan, 10-year plan. I like to plan. It's funny, Rain and I go on vacation. She likes to go, hey, let's just kind of figure out where we're going to stay and what we're going to do. And I'm like, let's have a plan. 
And we've learned over the years to kind of compromise where some things we plan and some things we don't. And some things work out well when you don't plan and some things don't work out well when you plan. But that's all right. But I've learned that in this world that we live in, that the thing that I'm guaranteed is today. I know today. James says this, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Or your life is like the morning fog. It is here for a while and then gone. I don't know. I know today. I know today. I woke up. I breathed. I have life. I know today. Thank you, Lord. He woke me up today. He woke you up today and said, hey, welcome to today. Do you realize that? I mean, the day that you don't wake up is the day that God says, hey, I don't have anything for, more for you to do on this earth today. So today, he has something for you because he woke you up. That's good. This is the day that the Lord has made. Today is the day that the Lord has made. And why will rejoice in it? Sometimes we talk about a life. Well, you know, what are you doing in your life? For those of you like Isaac Burge, who is graduating this year from school, Isaac, what are you going to do in life? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do something. Isaac, what are you going to do today? Amen. All right. <laughs> you redeemed yourself very well, Isaac. I don't know if we, you know, if a life bits on an ankle, if we know what a life is, but I know what today is. And today is what we've been given. And today is what we live. Because I don't know about tomorrow, but I know about today. You know, life is full of lessons. It's full of all kinds of things in our world that God has taught us, and I'm sure he's taught you. And I hope that as you live this life, you will look to live it for the Lord and all that he has. That you will look to not hold on to offenses. You will look and say that life is short or long, but I can live today for him. Let me pray. Our Father, I thank you that today we can come to you. You have granted us your presence and your peace. Lord, there are many things in our life in which we can struggle with, we can hold on to. There are many things in our life, Lord, that can mix us up and turn us around. But Lord, I thank you that you are ever present in our life, that we can know you, can walk with you, we can celebrate you. That you have done a great and mighty work through Jesus Christ. I thank you in Jesus' name.
Amen. Mothers, may you know that God looks upon you. May you know his grace. May you know his hope. May you know his peace. May you receive his blessing upon you this day. And church, as we go, may we celebrate all that God has done for us. May we live in the beauty of his glory. May we be, bring shalom to all those that we meet. Amen.